0: Hey, this is Nick Jelso, founder and co-owner of CLNS Radio, and today I'm joined by Ty Ray with a brief but important message. Nick, we try to keep our programming free at CLNS Radio. We have a ton of great podcasts, but we need our listeners and readers' help. We need them to take a survey for us. Yes, that is how we will continue to bring you free content via paid sponsorships, From the big boys, the big companies, and we need your help. So when you get a moment, go to BeatsAndEats.net backslash Survey1. Takes only minutes, but every minute is extremely important to the family here at CLNS Radio. We've become a community. You have all been a very big part of that. So please, BeatsAndEats.net slash Survey1. Choose CLNS Radio as your option and take the short demographic listeners survey. Now enjoy your regularly scheduled program. Legends are made in the NFL, and the quest for the Lombardi Trophy continues. Brady moving and looking and has time, and it throws, and that is fought for a touchdown. Intercepted by Wilpert. That's Wilpert with a game changer.
2: You're listening to Patriots Beat. Oh, Two minutes, second down and six. Right here on CLNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, New England Patriots fans, and welcome to Page Speed here on the CLNS Radio Network. www.stlnsradio.com. Check out our blogs, all our. Podcast. You can, of course, download on iTunes or Stitcher. Follow along on Twitter at at CS Radio and, of course, this podcast at Patriots Beat. I'm your host, Jeff Kane at Boston Fat Guy on Twitter. Joining me as always, or I shouldn't say joining me as always because I was out of the town last week, could not make it back with some car issue, but that's all right because our man Alex stepped in with Bob Snowden. You can follow Bob at at Snowden. Bob here to talk a little New England Patriots today. Training camp is coming up. It's less than a month away. The mini camp is behind us. The OTAs are behind us. The off season, the draft, everything is behind us. It is time to look forward to the 2014 season. The New England Patriots will kick it off in just under a month as they'll kick off training camp. And it'll run to another Lombardi trophy. Can they finally get over a hump? A hump that they have not been able to get over for in 10 seasons. I think they can do it. I think Bob thinks they can do it. And a lot of Patriots fans think they can do it. A lot of Patriots fans are still worried about what will this offense be? Will Rob Gronkowski be healthy? Are the second-year wide receivers going to step up? Can the rash of injuries that were around last year stick and go away? Can the Patriots do it? Is the magic still there? Bob, what's going on today?
1: Well, First of all, I want to plug someone else's column before we forget, and I didn't write it in the notes. I thought one of the greatest, most humorous columns that we've had on Patriots, on CLNS Radio, was written recently by the wife of one of our writers. So anyone listening in right now, go to CLNS Radio while you're listening to the show and, and look up uh, Mr. Baines column written by his wife on being the wife of a Patriots fan. Even if you don't have a wife if you have a significant other just a funny column. So I, I didn't hadn't written that anywhere in the notes, Jeff, and I didn't want to forget to get that in. I thought that was a great column this week.
2: It was quite funny. My wife and I were out on the uh boat yesterday with the kids and you know, I was a little unplugged this week but still had the smartphone with me and Scott as always sends uh sends me over what he's got going on and everything like that and I and I read it, and I laughed, and then I realized that it was actually in his wife's perspective, and I laughed even hotter, and then I read it to my wife, who pretty much said, yeah, well, I can understand. I mean, you do a podcast, you, do, you write unbelievable amount of columns, you sit there and eat, breathe, talk football 365 days a year, and we have to schedule everything around it. So uh, kudos to, uh, to Scott Baines' his wife, I'll tweet that link out in a second.
1: But other than that, we're getting closer and closer, and looking really forward to talking patriots every week going up to that. I didn't miss you last week, partner. Uh, it was nice to have Alex on board, and and he actually complimented me before yeah, the yeah. show oh, ended. You suck. you suck,
2: Bob. I didn't even want to hear it. Alex, hey. you know you didn't miss me last week. You were sitting there going, oh, oh. It was the it was the huggy huggy feel good show. We don't huggy huggy feel good on this show. <laughs> I tell you, you suck. You tell me that I'm smart, and then yeah, that's how it works. And <laughs> yeah, that I'm,
0: works. Huh? I'm the
2: okay. one that has the I'm the one that has the low self esteem. I I am the fat guy. I need to be, you know, beat up. You, you know, I've been around this business long enough. Everyone loves and respects you. Everyone talks about your great articles. We don't need no lovey, lovey, kissy, kissy on this show. In all seriousness, no. So Alex really stepping on in the last minute. Uh, last week to make sure Patriots be up and going. So thanks a lot, Alex. So continue with your thoughts, Bob.
1: Okay. Well, I've got to kissy kissy you uh, to, to to make you happy and, and not build up or or shoot down your self esteem. But anyway, thanks, Bob. the first preseason game is just a little bit away, August seventh. So we're not that far from that in, in training camp, uh, scheduled to report on July 23rd. So none of those things are really that far down the road anymore.
2: No, you know, before you know it, it'll be uh, the weekend after Labor Day. It'll be Patriots season. is kicking off in Miami this year. But there's a lot to talk about before them. There's a lot of work to be done. This team is not a team yet, Bob. It is a collection of players, many who have never put together before, that are going to be sitting there in less than a month as we hear that first beautiful crack of the pads, and you're going to get to see how Durrell Rivas meshes with the backfield that the defensive backfield is there with Logan Ryan and Alfonso Dennard and, and of course Brendan Browner and then Devin McCourty. You're going to see the second coming of Patrick Chung. Is is this the year that he lives up to that talent? He spent a year away from the Patriots. Um, is this the year he comes back to the talent? And then, of course, the all-important chemistry between Tom Brady and his second-year wide receivers in Aaron Dobson, Kembrel Tompkins, and Josh Boyce. Is there going to be that big second-year jump? And on everyone's mind, Rob Gronkowski. Everything is showing that he is ahead of schedule. Not ahead of schedule, but no setbacks like last year. You know, is he going to be that dominant Rob Gronkowski?
1: Well, and one of the things Mike Reese, and we mentioned Mike in our show every Sunday, and he's going to be our guest, I believe it's on the 27th, and um, join us live. But he had mentioned in his column this morning, his quick some thoughts around the NFL and the Patriots, that, um, you know... Gronkowski seems to be on track, just as you said. No setbacks for him in his recovery. Uh, Different than how things were last year at this time, when after the forearm surgery and the back procedure, he's still hurting by now, and no one really knew what to expect. This year, I think expectations were a little higher. I know you from the beginning have said you thought he's going to be back for the first, you know, game. And and whether he's going to be up to you know 100 percent or not, but that he will be available in the first game, and he keeps saying that. So we'll just have to wait. I think once contact starts in training camp again, as you mentioned, I think that's a key factor is is contact. Uh, we've watched the OTAs, we've watched the minicamp, and certain players have really jumped out and looked good, kimberl Tompkins. But contact is the difference, and it's a whole ballgame once once training camp starts, especially for the rookies, uh, because it's such a step up. You hear this every year, the speed of training camp compared to anything any of the rookies have seen in college is is double or triple, and then the step up preseason starts multiplies that, and then the step up when the regular season starts is even, even faster. So it'll be interesting to see, and I'm wondering what new Patriot is going to have the biggest impact on this team uh, uh, among the rookies. Uh, Is it going to be Brian Stork easily? Is he going to be ready to come back? James White, and and I kind of put an asterisk next to him because I think he may be the one. Jamea Thomas, Justin Jones, Jimmy Allen, those rookies. Who is going to be the rookie that steps up, do you think, and has the biggest impact on the Patriots this year?
2: Well, I mean, that's the big question. I mean, do I go with... My favorite position in running back, or do I go with my draft Binky and Brian Stork? You know what, what do I do? What do I do, Bob? You know, do I sit there and get all excited about the running back position and and everything that can that can happen and and the big impact that's going to happen, or or do I get excited about Stork? I love Brian, Brian Stork. I think he's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal player. But here's where I sit. It's very hard to see. An impact that a offensive lineman can because I mean, other than the fact that if you you know don't hear a holding call on them, uh, you don't hear a false start on them, you don't hear uh, you know Tom Brady gets sacked because of them, you know there's nothing there's no positive stat that can really come from an offensive lineman. So I'm actually going to go with Dominic easily. I think that he could be a very special player. And as I've said many times on this podcast before in the past, I'm not afraid of ACL injuries. And I think even though he's had two um, in the last four years, I think he'll come back and I think he'll be extremely strong this year. I don't think they're going to have him in that starting rotation to start. I think the thing with Easley is they'll bring him along uh, fairly slow, but they're going to move him in on sub-packages. You're going to see them a lot in the nickel-and-dime defense where they'll go with a bit of a, a lighter front and really try to penetrate. And that's going to, that's going to be twofold because what that's really going to do is to keep the older veterans at the defensive tackle position, the Vince Wilford coming off, of course, the, the Achilles injury, and the Tommy Kelly coming off the ACL injury himself. It'll get a rotation in there that I really think can be extremely helpful. Uh, for this team going forward. We saw what the Seattle Seahawks, I hate to keep bringing up the Seattle Seahawks because it's, you know, it, it's that thing in the NFL, what have you done for me lately? Well, the Seattle Seahawks, of course, were are the darlings of the NFL right now because defense wins championships and they shut down the most prolific offense in NFL history last year in the Super Bowl. So, And we all look and say, oh, the way they were able to rotate players in and out during the uh during the Super Bowl and all season long. But that is one thing that the Patriots had always been able to do uh in the NFL in the two thousand and three and two thousand and four season guys like Ty Warren and Richard Seymour. You know, those those were the guys that, that started it. And then they had Roman Pfeiffer coming in and Anthony Pleasant back in two thousand and one coming in. And guys just rotating in as players get started and be able to bunch of a screen, be able to just provide maybe not everything that the starter provided, but just enough head of an average player where they could really make things happen. And and I think that's what we can look forward to from Dominic easily is the fact that he's going to be the type of person and the type of player that allows for a man like Vince Wilford to get his breezes when he needs to be. And and Vince isn't going to have to play the 85% of the snaps that he had to, and that's going to make Vince a better player as he enters the the twilight of his career at age 32.
1: Well, and, you know, we've talked about the defense, and you and I have agreed pretty much along the board that this year's defense could be a major step up from past years. Uh, Of the projected 11 starters, Six to seven of them are first-round draft choices. Now, I know a first-round draft choice doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be great, but it does show you there's some real talent in that defense this year. And, you know, health is always going to be the, the, the little asterisk we put next to it. But if healthy, not only are starters strong, but what I like about this year's team, rather than last year's team, when, when people went down, we were bringing people in that no one ever heard of. This year, there's some pretty solid backups. I I like a player that I think may have a pretty big impact on this team, Anderson. I I think his athleticism is going to make a big difference and as a in the backup role, uh and his addition, I think is going to help a lot with Hightower because you're not going to be forced to make Hightower do things that really are not his strengths. Uh so I I if I picked one of the rookies, uh I'm, I'm going to go the direction you, you refuse to go, uh, and running back. I think White may make a huge difference on this team, and I know we have you know, Marine, and and you've got, you know, Ridley hopefully over the fumbles, um, but I like White, and I said that uh, you know when you first mentioned him many many weeks ago that I thought that pony offense that you talked about swinging offense for a minute the pony back. Um, could oh, be a big factor with yeah, the Patriots the this year.
2: I just love that pony.
1: I know you do. I want ri- I, to I, I ride that
2: pony. I want to put the saddle on and just go to town. I want I want 50 running rushing attempts a, a game, you know. I mean, I just, you know, and passing out of the backfield. I'm telling you right now, if Josh McDaniels is smart, and that's a big if, and people know that I bashed Josh McDaniels more than I've ever bashed anyone else. I, I did the same thing to Billy O'Brien. I did the same thing to Charlie Weiss. Although I like Charlie Weiss, because he's a big fat fuck who uh, you know, just uh, had a brain and you could use the, uh, the scheme. And, and he was kind of a guy that reminded me of myself, you know, except I'm not going gastric bypass surgery. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay where I am, you know. Uh, but I love the pony backfield idea. And I love the fact that the two running back – set of a, of a Shane Vereen and a James White, or a Vereen and a Ridley, could really develop into the neck humming of that two tight end set. No one ever said you needed two tight ends to win an NFL, to win a Super Bowl. In fact, there haven't been many teams that have won a Super Bowl with two tight ends in the NFL. The Patriots, of course, fell short. Now, granted, Gronkowski was coming off a high ankle sprain that earlier in the 2011 season had cost Aaron Hernandez five games. So Gronk going out and being well less than a cent really did affect their game plan against the Giants, and they probably should have won that game. But the diverse offense, not relying on that one player, could be huge this season for the New England Patriots.
1: Well, and Vereen, coming back from that injury, um, I'm hoping that the drops we saw him have last year, were related to that injury, because he did have some really big drops late in the season once he came back from the injury, Um, and it looked like he couldn't get his arm up quite right or whether he was favoring his hand or what the scenario was, because we all came into the season prior to the injury looking at Vereen saying, okay, well that's our third down back. That's the guy that if you've got third and six, third and seven you got him or even third and 2 or third and 3 Brady loves to throw that little swing pass and the Pats didn't have that much of last year when he came back I don't think he was ever fully healthy at least I'm hoping he wasn't because of the number of drops he had in the season or late in the season but if he's healthy his hands are good he he the, the movement he offers and the addition of White who has good hands you know could could offset that second tight end, as you just discussed. So, I've pretty much given up on the two tight ends. I just want to make sure we have one tight end. When eh, it's
2: overrated.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So,
2: I, I got no... Hooman
1: is... If, if Human's starting, then just forget the tight end being any force on the offense or any relief for Brady. And after him, you know, who knows? Maybe Justin Jones... Will be that impact rookie, uh, although nothing shows that. I mean, the big guy. What is he? Six eight from East Carolina, uh, but never as cotton passes in college. So maybe if I pick one wild card, I'll go with Jones at tight end and keep my fingers crossed. Or Devlin, and uh, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit. That that you know the Pats are working out uh, their their fullback. Uh, James Demlin in the, the tight end position, and he supposedly has pretty hands. Um, I've just made a couple sure. good
2: catches last year.
1: Yeah, there was one. I, I just shoulder. don't think. Yeah, I just don't think he's the answer either. I keep still my fingers crossed that they signed someone reliable on the odd chance or the off chance. And I'm not going to spell she talking about this that, that Gronk God. is not quite. Ready. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we've already, you talk, we've already talked right, enough right, about the running backs.
2: All right, well, all right. There's not many possessions left to go. Let's see. We could, we could we could sit here and wax poetically about how wonderful Tom Brady is and and, and that little cleft chin of his. Oh my god, that's just beautiful. You know,
1: hey, we could do that. See, <laughs> I I speaking of Tom Brady, um and and it was in Ben Volen's column this morning. Whoa. There are 7 Patriots who make more money than Brady does this year. Isn't that amazing?
2: Well, he's just the he's, ultimate team player.
1: I mean, he got some upfront money, but and and when he renegotiated his contract, but he is way down. He's got a two million dollar base salary. He's the team, the quarterback. That's unreal.
2: Yeah, but he got his the, money. He got his money up front. I mean, let, let, yeah, let's, I let's just sit there and say, you know, I, I love Tom Brady, and I think. The deal that he structured with the team two seasons ago was uh, really gave them some cap relief, of course, in the 2013 and 2014 season. Next year, if if I remember correctly from uh, my looking at Pat'sCap.com, a great uh, great site done by uh, Miguel, who of course uh, also works with our friends over there at Pat'sFans.com, uh, I believe his cap hit goes up to about 15 or 16 million next year. That's off the top of my head, so you can. Feel free to check me on that, but uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's face it when it comes to when it comes to money, it doesn't matter what these guys are, you know, on the books for, but what they what their entire thing is. I mean, it, it's it's that measuring stick. Oh, well, I'm making. more
1: well, let me let me ask you this though, and and I'm not disagreeing with you, but look through the entire NFL at any starting quarterback. And I I don't have the answer to this, but since you know everything there is to know about the NFL, I'm certain you'll jump in here. Is there another quarterback in the NFL this year that has a salary lower than $2 million?
2: If I'm going to guess, it's going to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has got to have a base salary less than less than Tom Brady's two million dollars. We'll have to go. We'll have to go check that because he was a third round draft pick from the, uh, um, for the Seattle Seahawks from Wisconsin. I'm guessing his his base salary is less. We we can go check that. In fact, if if one of our listeners right now can tweet at uh, at Patriots Beat and give us what uh, what so Wilson's Salary is this year. Uh, we'll get his a,
1: base salary. Not But his base, base, bowlers, so else, but
2: his base, base salary. If you could tweet that at us, the first person to tweet that at us, the correct number with a link, uh, we'll get them some kind of CLNS swag out to them. That'll uh, that'll be great, and uh, that'll be that'll be uh, our gift to you. So so I don't have to go looking right now. I, you know, we'll look <laughs> right now. You know, cause just get it up. And get let it, me all- to us and We'll go from there.
1: Since, he, since I did mention he was a let me throw the other seven players that are making more money base salary wise on the Patriots. Logan Menkins, eh, no big shock. Devin McCordy, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Mayo. Now, here's where I go Dan Connolly, Bae uh, Mandola, and if healthy, fine. And then, how about the kicker, Steven Goskowski? Those are the seven players this year that make more money than Tom Brady. And, and making the same amount of money is Bastian Vollmer and one of your favorite players on the team, Kyle Arrington.
2: Can we talk? not talk about Kyle Arrington? I mean, really, can we <laughs> not talk about Kyle Arrington? The thing, actually, that's the one thing that I want to kind of jump into today. It's not in our, our pre-show notes, but let, let's talk about... That defensive backfield, because it looks extremely strong, especially after Brandon Browner comes back after week four, after his suspension. What is the plan? I mean, how upset are Patriots fans going to be if Kyle Arrington is starting as an outside corner opposite Darrell Reese the first four games of the season? Because we saw it many times last year when a to Talib was injured, that it was Kyle Arrington that was starting on the outside. And you and I both know that while he is a very good slot cornerback, that first game against Denver, he absolutely blanketed West Welker. But you on the outside and forget about it. The guy, he does not know how to use the sideline as his friend. Now I'm granted, he's in the NFL. I sit on the couch on Sunday. A Budweiser and watch the NFL. My claim to fame is flag football and talking about football. And as you said, thank you, Bob. I know everything there is to know about the NFL. Thank you, uh, but Mr. Rose-colored
1: glasses. Mr. I had Rose- to get that one in too. Pat's Gazette mentioned to make sure you were going to be on the show today. So.
2: Yeah, you know, you miss one show, and and, and poor uh, poor Rod gets all gets all you know, he gets a little upset. He misses me. As, as as one of our followers of 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 mine said, uh, he thinks my voice is sexy, and I don't blame him. I, I got a cute voice.
1: <laughs> no comment.
2: <laughs> Anyways, uh, you, Mr. rose Rose-colored Glasses is the the glasses are black when they come to uh, to looking at Kyle Arrington. I just I just don't feel that he should ever start on the outside of the field, and that, and that asked me if it's you. Bob, if it's you or if it's any Patriots fan out there, who would you rather have? Is it Logan Ryan, the second-year player out of Rutgers, who showed some good ball skills last year, or is it Dennard? And that's the one thing is is people's memories are so short. Alfonso Dennard actually had a very good season last year. Their interceptions weren't there, but he played extremely well. It wasn't until the uh, AFC Championship game where, you know, Let's face it, uh, Demetrius Thomas absolutely was torching him. But I mean, how many how many cornerbacks can really hold with Demetrius Thomas? I mean, maybe three, maybe four in the NFL. And we got one of them on our team right now, and in, in Darrell Revis. One of them's on his team in Akiep Talib, who of course got injured that year, uh, that game. And, and then you got Patrick Peterson. And uh, you know, I'm forgetting someone. I can't believe I'm forgetting who it is.
1: And a, a guy from. Yeah, maybe Seattle.
2: Yeah, that guy. Mr. You know, Sherman? Are you mad, bro?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I purposely forgot Mr. Sherman, but uh yeah, I mean, so I mean, Alfonso Dennard. I, I I've always thought he was a pretty good player. He would have been a, a a second round draft pick had he not, you know, clubbed a cop. And uh of course he hasn't played much in the EOTAs, uh, not not at all really, recovering from off-season shoulder surgery and of course the the time that he spent in incarceration for for said actions. So
1: um well, well for, a, for a seventh rounder, which I believe that's where they draft him, wasn't he in the seventh round? Sorry, number sixth, seventh, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, he, he obviously slipped there because of his issues. Um and hopefully those are all behind him now. He served his time. Um, you know, he hopefully never goes back <laughs> and just tempts fate again to his old hometown. But but I, I think he's the answer. I think you're right. I I think um, Dennard is probably the most – one, he is more experienced uh, and can be pretty physical out there, which I like. Um, I, and I just don't see Arrington on the outside that much. I do think he has played some really good games, as you mentioned, uh, when they they move him out of that outside position. But, but I don't think he's as bad as everybody complains – only when he's in that outside position and plays that outside cornerback. And he just, you're right, he, he looks lost out there sometimes, and, and he does know, not know how to use that sideline. I think you hit a, a key point when you watch. He doesn't know how to ride a receiver to that sideline and cover him without even getting called for a penalty or getting flat beat. Uh, but, I, but I do think he's good value, and obviously Belichick likes him. I mean, they, you can't tell me that Belichick would just leave him on the field because he's a nice guy. He's seeing stuff, stuff that obviously we as fans only see the bad. We don't necessarily see the good. But, but you know, the coaching staff really likes Harrington, so I'm I'm not as down on him as, as you are as long as they've got their other cornerbacks. I do not see him starting as an outside cornerback. I think now, even when Browner is not there for the first four games, there's enough depth. At that position, I'm gonna put that famous caveat we put in there, provided everybody's healthy um, and you're right, and didn't has not come to OTAs or been available in the mini camp, so hopefully his shoulder is well enough during training camp that he can get in there and get into some contact and and re show everyone that he is a potential uh, starting and very good. Cornerback on the opposite side from Revis,
2: and not that I don't like Carl Arrington, and I like him in the slot, but I don't like him on the outside. And of no. course, Bill Belichick knows more about football than than I could ever possibly no. think. Yeah. No. yes, I will give it. Come to, on, yes, oh, man, what a
1: what
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what even even sucks more than that is now I I actually have to give Patriots Gazette some S Radio swag this this sucks i gotta call Nick Gelso he and gave it. the answer
1: he huh? gave me the
2: answer he gave me the answer and i don't know you know here here's the go rod yeah get, yeah rod rod of course uh you know great uh great account definitely give him a, a follow at at pass um, you know he does a he does a great job um with all his with all his tweets and everything like that and uh we have some fun banter back and forth uh but he says that russell wilson is slated to earn five hundred and twenty dollars Five hundred twenty-six thousand two hundred seventeen dollars. Wilson will earn six hundred sixty-two thousand four hundred thirty-four dollars in two thousand fourteen. After which, Seattle, the Seahawks, can sign him to a contract extension. Um, he also has in there Colin Kaepernick is scheduled to earn eight hundred forty thousand. My guess is that number has risen a little bit, or maybe not, with the with the big extension that he just signed. But
1: talk well, about it, 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 there may be a lot of bonus money because that's the other thing is how much we're talking base salary and and Brady does not have any bonus money. It doesn't matter how many touchdowns he throws or how many, you know, yards he gains on the ground or things like that. Where both those players probably do also have some bonus money in there. Uh but we excluded that and I did. I said excluding any bonuses. So yeah, there, so there are two. Um and it's funny they mentioned uh uh Colin Kaepernick because I'm I'm that new contract he signed is something I had put down here for us to talk about maybe a little bit later on in the show uh about whether that contract is you know for, for someone that has his statistics so far is really was he overpaid. But anyway, we'll go down that road later. But thank you uh for getting that to us, We appreciate it. And so there are a couple of and it may even be more out there. I just I just look at his base salary. And sit in amazement that that he's making that little <laughs> two million dollars, and I'm saying that little how can, you know I would go in and be quarterback for two million dollars. I'd let the beat up on me would uh, you know I'd probably never complete a pass, but for that, you can hit me, you can let the defensive line mean I can make it through probably two games before I be no wouldn't even make it that far a half before I'd be on the uh, the injury list.
2: Now that's you know, and and, and I laugh because I was going to make a joke about oh at least we have our, our one listener in 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 Rod at Pats Gazette, but that's that's very untrue because of the the way we are trending now here at CLNS Radio and the fact that um, our listens have been going through the roof. In fact, we are edging up and, and even sometimes. Passing Celtics Beat, a great podcast by LRH and his his crew over there. And they had some great things uh, on yesterday's show as well as, uh, you know, got to check them out. Go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher and search Cielness Radio. But we had an unbelievable event um, down at the uh, Renaissance Waterfront in Boston on Thursday. Uh, the Beats and Eats crew, Nick Gelso and Ty Ray, just a great time. Sean Backy was there. Uh, I was there myself. Uh, Matt Rory was there. Uh, Jess Thomas. It was a, a great turnout. A great things with Stitcher. Lots of big things coming up for CLS Radio. Do stay tuned in it. And, in fact, you know, as as Nick and Ty said at the beginning, we want to keep this uh, free for you guys. So, uh, you know, go to the website that they mentioned at the beginning of the show. You can also find those links on com. So it was a phenomenal turnout um, at the Renaissance Marriott Boston on the waterfront. Uh, It was great. Uh, You know, the fat guy himself got down there. I, I didn't I didn't partake in any beers. I, you know, it was a ritzy place so I decided to drink a little absolute and sprite and make myself look uh, look important. <laughs> <Man>.
1: <laughs> but wait a minute. Didn't you have your patriot shirt on?
2: I did. I w- I, I, would... I think
1: you lost any of the I lost the any ambiance stuff that
2: I had. of I the had of
1: the, uh, the renaissance when you walk in wearing a patriot shirt.
2: Not only a patriot shirt but a New England Patriots hat and it was funny Sean Backy was talking introducing me to someone he goes, "This obviously is our Patriots beat manager. It was uh it was quite fun. But uh Bob, we have a, a caller on the line from the seven seven two. I believe this could be uh your friend there, who I, I think you said was a forty nine ers fan, so we'll we'll bring him on right, right. now. Right. You're on with uh Patriots. Need,
1: need you to turn your radio you turn your down, down turn or the radio turn and the, the, the sights out if the you, sight out. you will. You there?
2: i uh, will yeah. put him back. We'll put them back on hold. Hey, that even happens on, uh, you know, we turn your radio down. That's my favorite thing. I, I always wondered what would happen if you turned your radio down. You know, you want to hear yourself talk. I like to hear myself talk. That's why I never shut up.
1: Well, and if you're listening, because I've done this, if if I accidentally keep the site open while you and I are doing the show, I'll get a slight pause in the headset. Remember a few weeks ago I mentioned that, Jeff, that I was yeah. getting and you weren't? Well, that's what it was, is I actually had the Patriots Beat site on live which runs about a second or two behind and and therefore it really throws you off when when you're trying to talk or trying to think and and hopefully uh that that caller we can get through again and get it uh, when the, he just mutes the live feed or the feed he's getting and, and talks into his phone we'll be able to hear him fine hopefully
2: so caller when you uh if you want to come on just press the one button a little icon will show up uh next uh, show up next me well, not shut up show up next to your name and I'll know to uh to bring you back on but uh bob let's talk a little bit right now about um the second year wide receivers in Camberwell Tompkins in Aaron Dobson and in Josh Boyce. Let's talk about that that jump that these players can make. About what Kember Tompkins uh, has shown in OTAs. What uh, you know what Josh Boyce shown. Of course, Aaron Dobson has been um, you know recovering from an injury. Um, I expect huge things out of Dobson. Moving forward into this season and, and I know how big you are with Rob Gronkowski in the tight end position I'm not as worried because of the fact that the way that this team can kind of spread the field out a little bit and start attacking the hash mark, something that they haven't done um, in, in a few years. They had guys like Wes Welker and, you know, of course the the dual tight end threat of, uh, you know, the Jailbird and um, and and. Of course, Rob Gronkowski. And now they have wide receivers in Aaron Dobson and Campbell Tompkins who can both play outside those hash marks, outside the numbers. They got a guy like Julian Edelman who, of course, can play slot or the X or Z position. And they got a guy like Danny Amendola who showed some really good things in OTAs two years in a row. And of course, Josh Boyce. Tell me a little bit what your thoughts are on what this team can actually do with these wide receivers in their second year with Tom Brady.
1: Well, first, the, the the second year is that leap year for most rookies. The rookie season, you had a good year, and and those wide receivers had pretty good years. As veterans, they wouldn't have been great years, but as rookies, they were very good years. They had a lot of drops. They had a lot of mistiming. That should be gone this year. The, big, the biggest thing I look at is the fact they've had a season with Brady, with the exception of Boyce, who really didn't get that much time on the field with Brady on the field to to develop that, that chemistry that you need. But both Tompkins and Dobson especially spent a lot of time on the field uh, and were many times not where Tom was expecting them to be. However, that developed during the course of the year. So I, I get a little bit frustrated when I look at people that – that are constantly saying we need another wide receiver. We need another wide receiver. You may be right, but Lord, you may not be. You, you, as far as I know, looking at this team based on what they did last year, have a wide selection. You just named some of them, and then we also talked about the 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 backfield and the Vereen and the White being able to catch the ball. So, you know, I I really think this could be an explosive offense this year, and I think. You and I are probably the only two in the world that think that from everything I'm seeing, but I, I really am not, provided everybody's healthy, I'm not that worried about the offense. Heck, they last year, as bad as we all felt they were, and, and yes, they were terrible on third down. Uh, for three quarters of the year, they could not complete a third down whether it was third and one or third and 10 or third and 20, they were last for much of the first half of the year in third down efficiency. But that was that learning curve they were going through. Um, so if healthy, I think Amendola uh, opens up a lot of, lot of avenues, just as you mentioned. Uh, I don't know that Edelman could possibly have a year like he had last year. I agree with something you mentioned a few weeks ago. I don't know that any one receiver – is going to have that 100-catch, 1,000-yard season. I, I don't buy that. If anyone does, I'll be a little bit surprised, only because Brady now has a wide choice of who he's going to go to. And last year, he did, especially at the beginning of the year, because no one knew who he, who he could go to. He didn't know who he could go to. Uh, and he obviously showed his frustration. I think that's those wide receivers are almost automatically going to be a notch better. And I know you've mentioned before, my person on the bubble was Kimbrel Tompkins, but he's looked very good, but again, it hasn't been with contact. So let's see what happens in training camp. And we keep forgetting to even mention Brandon LaFell, who did have a lot of drops last year. Uh, If you look at his record, but he also is a good size He makes that play over the middle, which you want to see. He's not someone that's going to spread the defense out deep, but he's another name that we didn't even mention when we were going through this. So I I really think that, that if he gets protection, and again, that's another big if, Brady is, if not going to have a great year, he certainly should have a much better year than he had last year.
2: I agree with you there, and and not to, you know, kiss up to you here, but I, I, I think... Oh, go ahead. All right, Bob, you're just wonderful. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the big thing now with the Patriots is is the fact that you're going to get that second-year jump, that second-year bump out of these guys. And you know what? Maybe all three of them don't turn out to be great wide receivers in the NFL. We know you've talked about your, um, not disdain for Tompkins, but your, your disappointment in the fact that he leaves his feet a lot, when he makes, when he makes catches. And I don't know, I don't remember the site that I was reading it on, but I was a little bit of reading uh, prior to the show about how Cameron Tompkins looked extremely good in mini camp and extremely good in the, uh, in the OTAs and how he was becoming more fluid with Tom Brady. And the fact that uh, Brady had, had made a pass to Tompkins in the back left-hand corner of the end zone over Brandon Brown, who stands at six foot four. and, And it was a great catch there. And, It reminded me a lot of things. And then there was a comment in the section, and I wish I had it in front of me because I would give uh, credit where credit is due in the comment. But the guy kind of came out and said the exact same thing that that you've come out with before. When is he going to learn how to catch the ball with his hands instead of his his chest and his arms like he has in the past? Um, And and that has been one of the big knocks on uh, Kembrel Tompkins. Even when he was coming out of... Uh, Cincinnati as, as an undrafted rookie free agent. He turned some heads last OTAs, but one of the things I remember reading in in some of the notes out there was that he wasn't a natural hand catcher. He was he let the ball get into his body, and and that can really stump the growth of of yak yards after catch. That was one of the the big things that you saw uh, with, with with a guy like Troy Brown and, and Dion Branch. Is the fact that they were able to catch the ball with their hands. And make moves. It's things that we saw last year in in Julian Edelman's coming out party, um, that he's able to catch the ball with his hands, tuck it away, and then make the make the plays. Uh, as the season went on, Aaron Dobson, uh, you know, I wrote an article about uh, how I thought that Dobson was going to have an extremely good second year uh, for the New England Patriots. I believe he's that guy on the team that can make the moves make the plays, be that downfield receiver. Use his his frame to really work work things. Now I'm not saying he's gonna be the second coming of Randy Moss and you're gonna see twenty-three touchdown receptions and fifty touchdown passes by by Tom Brady and over five thousand yards passing and and the bomb to come back. But that intermediate route, that 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 twelve to twenty yard route is really going to be extremely important this year for the New England Patriots because they're going to need to be able to attack the outside of the field. We saw it in the in the Denver Bronco loss in the, in the AFC Championship game when they had guys on the outside, guys like Julian Edelman, who, yes, he can play both sides of the field. He can play the slot. He can play outside the numbers. He can play. There was time that they've had him, not last year, but before they had him in the backfield doing certain things. Julian Edelman can make plays all over the field, but the fact is they need those guys to kind of take this from being a a a inside-the-hash-marks offense, which it has been since 2010 when they drafted Rob Gronkowski uh, and Aaron um, Hernandez, and they traded away Randy Moss, and they brought back in Deion Branch. It became an offense that was built from the center out. Brady's first read was the center, and I go back and I look a lot of times uh, at some of the losses that they've had over the years. Not only has the issue been the offensive line giving up some pressure up the middle, which did not allow Brady to step up and make the make the throw, but it had. I, I look back at the 2010 uh, loss to the New York Jets in the um, AFC Divisional Round, where the Jets basically rushed one or two players and had Darrell Revis and uh, Cromarty absolutely manhandling people off the line, and they were dropping people into zone coverage and, and taking away the drags and the slants that that become such a, a staple of the New England Patriots offense.
1: Well, and, and that's the key. You know, you and I have talked before about how we really don't think they need a Randy Moss or a player that's going to, you know, you're going to heave the ball 60 yards downfield. However, you do need to be able to at least have the threat of someone going beyond that 12, 13-yard, 14-yard line catching the ball, or defenses just bunch up on you inside, and you're absolutely right. I look at three things on this year's offense as being critical to their improvement. Number one, the protection of Brady. Number two, their ability to get third-down completions and get that first down. And number three, the red zone offense. If those three areas improve, then to me this offense is going to have a spectacular year.
2: I agree with you there. That was one of the big things that they really missed last year, and a lot of people have blamed Bill Belichick, saying you know he didn't prepare well, um, you know for for Rob Gronkowski not being there and for Wes Welker not being there. I, I think Belichick planned accordingly last year. Um, because I think he had the idea that Danny Amendola was going to come in and replicate what Wes Welker was able to bring. Now, granted, Amendola only you know caught fifty-something passes last year, and it was Julian Edelman that became that Wes Welker type of player. But the issue was that they did during the draft last year, during the off season last year, they had had. Plans of having Aaron Er so uh, not Aaron Dobson, but Aaron Hernandez—being being that big time player. That you know what? If Rob Gronkowski was injured, oh well, we'll have Aaron Hernandez to step in for the first couple weeks, play that tight
1: end position. Well, and without going down that road, exactly. whoever ever could have predicted exactly. what happened with Hernandez? I mean, to, to say to, for anyone to say Belichick doesn't prepare is obviously not someone that has followed the Patriots for many years. He's probably the most prepared coach in all of football.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's just – it makes me laugh because you you can't really – depend on that now this year going in you yourself have sat there and said well what are they going to do with tight end and this and that i believe what they what they've done is they've decided to become more of a diverse offense with all these wide receivers that have come in there they obviously like the who man now is he a great pass catcher no we talked about james devlin so the interior field while when rob gronkowski comes back and is extremely healthy um it's going to be huge for this team because they're going to get Rob Gronkowski in the middle of the field. You're going to get the Danny Amendola in the middle middle of the field. You're going to get the Julian Edelman being able to move all over the place. And then if you have one or two of these outside wide receivers, whether it be a Brandon LaFell, whether it's Kembrell Tompkins, Josh Boyce, who can play all over the field and has some great top-end speed, and Aaron Dobson, then this team can then attack the entire amount of the field and then bring in the running game to also go and bring in that play-action pass and and come out of thirty-one, uh, uh, excuse me, eleven personnel and you know be able to attack with three wide receivers at tight end, or you know be able to attack with a, a two tight end offense. We spent a little time on offense here. I'd actually like to move over to the defense because one of the things that has been highlighted as you look around there is a guy, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins, of course, was the first uh, pick for the Patriots last year, um, you know, in, in the second round and. His snaps grew as, as the season went on, and he had a phenomenal, phenomenal game against the Denver Broncos, uh, not the Denver Broncos, but the Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs. He played okay against Denver, but there were some times where where uh, the tight end there, Thomas, beat him down the seam. Is Collins going to be that next man that takes that huge jump, that the, the breakout performer? Because there's a lot of people out there right now that are talking about Collins and the fact that he could be that next big thing what are your thoughts
1: Well, I, first of all my my first reaction is hell yeah i mean he, he the, the athleticism that he shows was unbelievable right? especially in that ad game and that that interception There was one interception in particular you went oh my god where did that come from i mean he just really showed all of that potential and he didn't play at all earlier in the year or played very limited until about three-quarters into the season. So everybody knew when they drafted him that he was going to be a project, uh, and, and his athleticism was what was going to carry him. But if you look at other people's view, not just you and I or other, quote, Patriot fans, who really look at the... World through rose-colored glasses. If you pardon me, going down there again. Jesus. But but even people that that wouldn't uh, Pete Prisco uh, from CBS Sports dot com. Uh, he he has him listed among the NFL breakout candidates, and and I'll give him a quote here. Uh, he really came on late and flashed big time in the postseason. He has the athletic ability and size that will make him a star. Uh, that's from someone who is not a big. That's fan. That's an unbiased outside opinion. Uh, on foxsport.com, uh, also picked it up uh, and put him under their ready-to-explode slideshow. Uh, and, and their quote was, Versatility, a trait cherished by Bill Belichick, has the Patriots grooming Collins for an even bigger role in 2014. So, barring injury, the addition, and I mentioned this earlier, Jeff, I think the addition of Anderson helps him even more because it allows them to be that aggressive, athletic defense that we haven't seen in many years for the Patriots. So my answer to you is yes. What do you think?
2: I think he's going to be huge. I think he can absolutely dominate in the right setting. The fact that that you're going to get a Gerard Mayo back healthy, that's only going to help him. That is only going to make him that much better, because you had two guys, and and I'm going to mention – um, Donta Hightower as well. Here, you had two guys in, in in Collins and Hightower last year, who were pretty much thrust into positions that they they didn't need to be thrust into. Hightower took the brunt of many players, uh, many fans out there who who thought he, he is he a draft bust? Is he this or that? He played pretty well last year, especially down the stretch as that thumper. And now having Collins along with with Mayo, I'm really excited about the fact that. This can be a very good uh, team. And I'd like to see Hightower start to get some some rushing at, uh, rushing at the quarterback, using him in a NASCAR package. I talked about this last year a couple times with the Patriots uh, uh, postgame show about having him in a NASCAR package and being able to really get after the passer. And I think with what they're doing this year with, with who they have at, at, on the defensive backfield, who they have at linebacker now, and then, of course, who they have um, – you know, in a guy like Devin McCourty um, and, and Will Smith and and uh, Chandler Jones, that they can they can really do a lot of different things on this uh, on this defense this year.
1: Well, and, and when you look at the defense, it's a great mix of veterans and young players. This is not an old defense. Yeah you know, Revis is what twenty nine. I mean, that's not old that they signed, and and I think Browner is. Jeff, jump in here. What, 30, 31, 32, somewhere around there?
2: I don't even think he's that old. I think Really? He's, yeah. uh, I think he's 30.
1: Okay, so my, my point is, this defense has a good mixture of players that are athletic with the return of Wilfork and, and Kelly. And I'm not even sure Kelly's going to make the team. I've said that before, and I'll stick with it. But But of the veterans, the big guys up the middle. I do remember many times after a game... Calling uh, and and being on the post-game show with you and Patrick, and Hightower was not one of our favorite players um, many times, but it was because he couldn't cover a tight end. He could not cover that man coming out of the backfield, uh, and that's where he was getting beat. But as far as the run goes or putting him in the position where he is most effective, I think he can be a very good player. Will he ever be an All Pro? I don't think so. I, you know, he hadn't been around long enough for, to to make that true judgment. And and once he is playing the position, that is really taking advantage of his strengths not his weaknesses we'll have a better shot of that and i think this year that's where he will be but but he just can't could not cover a tight end i don't care who the tight end was it could have been the worst tight end in the nfl and he just couldn't cover a tight end and that's where many of our frustrations were coming last year because they were getting beat by that tight end coming over the middle
2: Well, we're running out of time here, Bob. It always goes way too fast when we're talking Patriots football on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. So with that being said, I'd like to thank uh, everyone who is always following us and making Patriots beat one of the highest listened to uh, podcasts on uh, CLNS Radio. In fact, it was the highest listened to podcast last week. Uh, So thank you very much to everyone uh, that has been out there and helping us out and and
1: tweeting us. uh, You mean last week when you weren't here?
2: Last week when I wasn't here, and the week before, which was the <laughs> highest total that Patriots beat has ever received, so that was great. But uh, let's get into our let's get into our P A T S, our point after touchdowns, uh, our final thoughts. Bob, you go right ahead.
1: All right, first of all, you and I looked at the first four games of the year without Browner, and I think both of us agreed that Kansas City was probably, of all the games, the one that would concern us the most. But then I got thinking about it this past week, and I had some great conversations going back on, on, and forth on the first game of the year against Miami, um, in the heat of Miami, and how much that could impact the game. Um, Miami's offensive line is, is revamped. And that should be certainly a big advantage for the Patriots. But as someone who who lives in Florida and knows what the heat is like down here, come around the third or fourth quarter, it will be interesting to see if it's a close game, whether that heat benefits Miami or benefits New England. The New England, we've talked about the the aggressive pass rush early in the game. That could make a big difference late in the game under the heat. I don't know that you can get that kind of a pass rush anymore. So I'm going to leave with that thought that that the Miami game has me a little concerned. I still think the patch could win it. But the fact that it's being played in Miami, in the heat, in August, when it is really brutally hot. Um, So that's my thought.
2: Well, that's a good thought. That's actually a great thought. I can understand where you're going from there. Miami is hotter than the hell. Florida's hotter than the hell. I just don't get it. Uh the one <laughs> the wait, uh, wait till
1: until next February and then then call me and we'll talk about Florida versus New England.
2: <laughs> if it's another winter like it was last year, you might see me moving to Florida. I'll tell you that much. Uh my final thought for the for the um on the podcast today is I I'd like to um actually thank a uh, a website it's it's the needs um it's a, it's a great website that uh has really been supporting the show um in fact i'm sending out the tweet right now um it's basically you you go on there and and you select the type of things that you're interested in whether it be politics or sports or um yeah, anything, you know, if you like pornography, I suppose you could probably find that. Too. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I don't know. I, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I swore, and we got great ratings. So uh, yeah, you, you know por- I, Porno is good, too. So certainly it was, did. Know. But, um, you know, I'll tell you right now, uh, they've been great. I just sent out the, uh, the link. Uh, it, it, it's the needs, and they've really been doing a lot of things. It's one of those things where you can – uh, you know, give a thumbs up or a, a thumbs down and, and Patriots beat podcast is trending very high with them right now. So I want to thank them right there uh, for definitely helping us out. And um, you know, just, just, uh, it, it's a great thing. And we've got a lot of things good coming on CLNS radio. Make sure you, uh, you follow us there and, uh, and, and everything like that.
1: So one more thing real quick, I forgot we were going to mention this too. If you get a chance, read Bobby K's article from this past week where he takes a first look at the Patriots, fifty-three, his projected fifty-three man roster. It's interesting to see his views on who he thinks, because he's got um, Armstead on there, and and I questioned him on that, but I hope he's right.
2: No, I do too. I I definitely hope that he's right. I mean, that's the one thing. Amarn Armstead, said we heard that he could be a top three defensive tackle, and unfortunately for him, he just he's had some setbacks after setbacks, and. That's tough. I mean, you got a young young kid who had a heart attack in in college, ended up going to the CFL, had a breakout season up there with eight uh, sacks, and you expect all the stuff, and then he's on the IR for the year with, um, you know, with, with an infection. So all the best to Armstead, hoping he comes back. Uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week uh, for Bob Snowden. I'm Jeff Kane. Make sure you follow us along on Twitter at, at @PatriotsBeat. You can, of course, follow. Um, the website, uh, www.clsradio.com. Facebook, www.facebook.com slash CLS Radio. Passionate love for all of us, and we appreciate everything you guys do for us. We'll talk to you guys next Sunday, 1 o'clock. Everyone have a great Fourth of July. Remember, it's Independence Day, and this country fought for it, and we continue to fight for it every day.
1: Love that dirty water. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Internet Sports Talk Radio, DLNS Radio.